So, Berto, I thought we would read some patron emails and respond to them. What do you say? Oh, like my favorite activity of the day. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I clean phone screens. You clean phone screens. They get pretty dirty. Yeah. Do you like just grab people's phones and wipe them on your shoulder? No, no, no. I have an automated process. Oh, what's that like? I have a little thing where I can grab three at a time and wipe them on my sleeve. (laughs) Uh, All right. This first one is from a patron, Tom, and he has an email about cultural appropriation and finger pointing. Oh. So patron Tom says, I saw a blog post about a Twitter post that has recently gone viral. Blog post about a Twitter post. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's the world. It's a girl that wore a traditional Chinese dress to her prom. Now everyone on Twitter is going nuts about how offensive this is and shaming and bullying her as if she has done something terribly wrong. Right. Now before I say anything else, I am more I am more than willing to respect other people's cultures and hear people out when they are offended by something. The girl has said she wore the dress because she thought it was beautiful. I honestly don't see anything wrong with that. So before we get into talking about this, I just want to give some background in case people don't know. There's a Utah teen. She's 18 years old. She's It's the end of her school year, and she is going to prom. And she, she doesn't look entirely white. She looks... Right. She looks um, some something else, you know. Right. Uh, and I think her name, but I don't, you know, I Who didn't, knows? I didn't read what her ethnicity was. But the point is, is that she doesn't look Asian, and but she also doesn't look white, you know. Her name is Kezia Daum. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, and uh, Utah, and she posted a picture on Twitter of her and her friends, you know, in, in their prom dresses. And, and she's the only one who's not in a traditional prom dress. Everyone else has the regular tuxedos and the regular prom, you know, with the puffy sleeves right. and all that kind of stuff. And she has this this very traditional red Chinese dress. Um, and this, you know, for some reason, it got picked up by people on Twitter and outrage began. Which is sort of weird because I'm just thinking how many thing how many things get posted on Twitter that just never I mean the amount of things that people could get outraged about on Twitter you know <laughs> anyway there's a whole bunch of uh, anger for example someone was interviewed or or t- tweeted or something and they said this isn't okay I wouldn't wear traditional Korean Japanese or any other traditional dress and I'm Asian. I wouldn't wear traditional Irish or Swedish or Greek dress either. There's a lot of history behind these clothes. Another person says, I'm proud of my culture for it to simply be subject to American consumerism and cater to a white audience is parallel to colonial ideology. Uh, Another detail here is that according to some news sources or one news source that I read, and so God knows, they reached out to some people in China and asked them how they felt about it. And they, at least these individuals reporting to the reporter, indicated that they didn't care. And they just they actually thought it was kind of cool that Americans were honoring their culture. Berto, what do you think about this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> so I, I try to imagine like if uh, a gal had worn a traditional Colombian 
like a cumbia dress. Which what is, does that look like? It's a very uh, fluffy. Fluffy is that a word? Um, it is a word, but is it a word for dresses? I don't know. It's got um, ruffles, I guess. Uh, okay. It's, it's it's a broad skirt. I'm thinking uh, color, all the way to the floor, colorful, with, colorful with flowers bro- embroidered in, okay. and sort of like uh, shoulder thingies. Look, I, I don't know how to describe dresses. Okay, it's pretty, it's colorful, very traditional looking, like and a they, like a folksy dress. Yes, and they use it to dance uh, cumbia with, right? All right, if someone wore that to their prom, I, I don't know how. I don't know anyone from that side of the fence, like my country, that would be like. I mean, I could see it if they're making fun of it somehow, right? If right. it's like, but oh, if, these but, ridiculous native customs or something or but whatever. If they, but if they weren't. But if they're, I, I don't understand where there is a controversy. Yeah. Now, again, let's say that someone was wearing a, a dress or some outfit. Oh, for example, the let's say you're a, a male or of male persuasion, whatever. Like you, you dress in a male outfit. That is very much like a Nazi uniform, or looks very much like a Nazi uniform. Okay, well, that's a whole separate thing, right? Or if you, or even something that's from a culture and you don't know much about it, and it turns out that that's like a very oppressive regime's uniform or something like that, I could understand. But even then, like a little benefit of the doubt, because like if 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 it's not something that everyone's really aware of, maybe there there was no ill intent. What I find is nowadays the the assumption is that you have ill intent. And there is a very, very thin skin. Everyone's got like really, really triggered responses to everything. So you wear a dress. It's like, oh, in fact, I bet you there were people responding very strongly to this that are not even Chinese that were offended for the Chinese, right? Like they're like, I'm not Chinese, but I bet you it's really offensive to them. (laughs) Right. There's something about the pictures that I think could have provoked it as well. The people, aside from the... Girl, and I say girl because she's eighteen. Right. I, I guess I could call her a woman, right. but she was. She's the only one who, at least you know, skin tone wise, right. is not total white bread, right? And Utah, you know, and they they just look extremely. I don't know what you call it, Middle America or something. And it just if if this was someone in Seattle, for example, and there were Asians in the in the picture with her or they're, or they're in a city where things are considered to be more liberal or something. I, I think this was like, oh, people on the other team are blah, blah, blah. But to me, when, as soon as I heard this, because you know, I saw it all too, and I had a very similar reaction. I was like, what? Like, just a dress? That seems a little weird. Why would you get upset about that? But then actually... I started thinking, wait a second, what is all this Twitter outrage exact? What's the amount of Twitter outrage that's actually happening? Cause, oh, cause, I Because Tom, he read a blog. A blog, right. About something that happened on Twitter. So is the actual reaction, people reacting to a fake rea- or to a made-up great reaction? So all I have heard, I have heard, I've heard no one attack this girl. I've only heard people attacking attack, a, 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 some made up attack <laughs> or very isolated events of this girl being it. Now, I don't know, maybe she was attacked by a billion people on the planet, but but to me as the first story I saw, which would have been like maybe minutes after this thing got going, was 
everyone has thin skin, everyone's an idiot, Twitter is stupid, you know. And and so I instantly like, well, this is outrage about outrage. Like we have now be, we have now gone up our own ass. Outrage. Of, well, but I will say like so there was this tweet that was like from this guy Jeremy Lamb, I guess. My culture is not your goddamn prom dress. And then it got like 178,000 likes. Oh, really? Yeah. So who are these people liking that tweet? Wow. It's okay. <laughs> so that's something. <laughs> but so so the other thing I think is, well, are these Russians? Because I, I always have right. to... You, you always have to throw that in there. Yeah, well, now you do. And, and trolls. Right? Trolls and Russians who are just trying to destabilize our... Are, I don't know what you even call it. You and, know? and it's like, actually, can you imagine? Like, this is an 18 year old girl thrust un- unwittingly and unwantingly into a very public limelight for something that in her mind was completely innocuous. Right. And it wasn't completely innocuous in the way that some, you know, some totally clueless people in this country and other countries do actual racist things like this was essentially she picked out a, a prom dress and she's like oh my god i love that like this wasn't satire she wasn't going to her prom looking in a satirical way no she wanted to look beautiful yeah right i, I just it's a, it's unfortunate that um so either either case is unfortunate well it's, it's so triggering I ha- a lot of us so i have advice <laughs> i have advice for both sides but the first thing i want to do is explain why all of these cuz I'm Asian and I have to say that I totally understand where 175,000 people on Twitter would like that person's comment and I can see why people would say those things from the outside and I'm guessing Berto you might understand but if for for white Americans they'll just be like they won't get it at all there'd be there they won't even have a a a hypothetical as to how someone gets there and let me provide it. And this is, I don't blame anyone for not understanding this because no one is explaining this and I'll get into that in a second. But, but basically, you know, it's, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, it's, it's the culmination of thousands of events of actual racism that is very easily identifiable by anyone as like, oh, yeah, that's racist, you know? Like, name-calling. As an Asian-American, I've been called a gook, a Chinaman, a a boater. I've been, I've been told to go home. I mean, you know, you're Colombian. You've you've heard things of like course, this, too. Right. Uh, a slope, yellow face, ching-chong, aso. Um, it's always funny, too, because it's like I'm Japanese, and so they don't really have very good um japs for i guess dirty jap is yeah. is the is the but but most people they just think chinaman and i always yeah. find that to be it'd be if someone called you like a mexican which they do all the time right right <laughs> but like thinking you are mexican which they think all right, the time <laughs> right 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 and it's like you're just insulting yourself at that point sure. you know and always being treated like you're a foreigner uh, always seeing you're the foreigner in the TV show, people asking me my entire fucking life if I speak Japanese. And I know it's well-meaning, and I never get angry at it, but I'm like, 
did I ask you if you speak fucking German? Do you know what I mean? The vast <laughs> majority, the, the biggest white ethnicity in the United States is German, at last I checked. Uh-huh. I've never asked anyone if they speak German. And the, and the likelihood that they are closer to their immigrant heritage is higher than it is for me. Uh-huh. One, because my white side goes back to the 1600s and they're all English most of them uh, to some unfortunate extent because you got, you know, yeah. slave owners and stuff. Right. But my Japanese ancestry ancestors came over in around 1900. My grandparents barely spoke Japanese. My grandfather didn't speak Japanese really at all. And, and so to ask me if I speak Japanese is like, I'm, I'm, whenever people ask me, I'm just like, cause my dad, he's hundred percent Japanese. Yeah. He doesn't speak a word of <laughs> Japanese, not a word. And the words he does know, the, the few words that he does know and the words that he passed on to me are all wrong because they're all like um, telephone, you know, because they yeah. get passed down through the right, generations. Right, right. Like my entire – until like – I might have talked about this before, but until like um, I went to Japan 10 years ago and uh, went with Stu uh-huh. and he like, you know, in he's a white guy from from Georgia – I believe North Carolina, sorry, North Carolina accent from the South. Right. He knows much more about Japanese culture than anyone in my family. We go to <laughs> Japan and he looks at this thing and he's like, Oh, senbei. And I'm like, Oh, what's senbei? He's like, Oh, it's rice crackers. You know, they make it on the street. And I'm right. like, I'm like, Oh, like simbe. Uh. And he's, he, he's like, what? And I, I'm like, well, you know, simbe, right? Simbe. He's like, what are you saying? <laughs> and I, I'm like, simbe, you know, rice crackers, simbe. And he says that is a non that that's a nonsensical word that doesn't make that doesn't mean anything. And he's like a Japanese translator. He knows, uh-huh. like when he he actually when he so he's a white guy, you know, a redhead. <laughs> yeah. When he talks on the phone, people think he's Japanese. Anyway, so he's so he's explaining this, and and then I'm and I'm like, well, where did we get this word for from? I go back home, ask my dad. Dad, where'd you get Simbe from? He's like, well, that's what we called it in our family. And I, and I go, Dad, did you know that that's not a real word? The real word is Senbe, which, which are two different syllables. You got right. Sim, like Sim, Simbe. like Sim City. Like Simba. Yeah, and it's supposed to be Sen. Sen. So that's completely different. And instead of Be, you're supposed to have Be. Be. Anyway. Senbe. That's how non-Japanese I am, you know what I mean? So for people to ask me if I speak Japanese, I'm just like, you know, ridiculous. Stereotypes about being smart, but, you know, of course that's true. I am a, <laughs> I'm a genius. Um, knowing martial arts, which I don't. Um, being asked to be a gardener, I've talked about this before. Right. Um, being asked if someone has sponsored my uh, ability to be in North America. Oh. Oh, did I tell you about that one? I don't think you did. In Canada, I'm in sort of rural Canada. Were you at the time curating your bonsai collection? <laughs> <laughs> I was in uh, rural Canada. Uh, I talked about this recently on the podcast. You weren't here. And some Canadians reached out to me and were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that, you know, these Canadians did this to you. And I'm like, you know, Canadians are just as capable of being fucking racist as Americans. You right. know what I mean? And it doesn't have anything to do with. Canadian versus American versus Mexican versus anything. It just right. has to do with how much you understand ethnicity and immigration and stuff. And the more rural place you are, like whenever I step outside Seattle right. and if someone asks me my name, there's always jokes. Right. In Seattle, I never get a joke. You know, I say Kirk Honda, like, okay, 
big fucking deal because they hear weird names all the time that they don't recognize you step a foot into like i'm pretty sure when i met you i said like my car yeah you go to <laughs> you go to duval washington or centralia or spokane right. for that matter and i say kirk honda and they're just like oh what kirk kirk what you have a car honda like the car oh oh it's like this whole fucking ordeal like Yes, I have a name that happens to coincide with an automobile, you know? Like, hey, at least yours is like laughter and curiosity. Mine is confused looks. <laughs> They're like, well, whatever it is, you must know because it's your name. So, <laughs> Yeah, that must be frustrating too, right? So, so um, being made fun of about the food that I that – I, oh, by the way, so the sponsored bit was some uh, Canadian older people – asked me who sponsored me to come to the United States. Ah, I got it. <laughs> as if I was a foreigner. Who, and not only that, but I needed some sponsorship, which I hadn't even heard of anyway. Right. Um, being made fun of about the food I eat when I was in college, just, you know, like I just ate the traditional Japanese-American right. food, and people would just be like, what are you eating, you know? Um, or I have pictures on my wall of my ancestors, which I kind of consider to be a Japanese thing. Right. And people are like, why do you have these creepy old people on your wall? What? You know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, being pulled over in small towns, you know, a little bit more often, particularly when I was young, particularly when I had a wow. cra- crappier car. You know what, what's insane about this, by the way, is you actually dealt with way more of this kind of stuff than I have. Well, I, or you didn't or notice. in... Well, no, I certainly okay. Th- there is a fair amount of that, but I also maybe didn't live because most of my time here, I've left. I've lived in Seattle. Okay, you know, so it's not too bad. Right, right. I, well, so Lake Lakeview, Tacoma, uh, Lakewood, yeah, Lakewood. So you didn't get any uh, in Lakewood. Um, my my physics teacher, notably, <laughs> I mean, so I was the best student in his class, and I sat like up front, and I always, and he would always make these jokes. And I always thought it was fine because, I don't know, I thought he was... What jokes did he make? Like about Columbia. Like, uh, so anyways, you know, he'd be telling... He would always tell these stories. Half of his class was these stories he would tell. Because he liked reading these fishing books and these... Anyway, so like he would tell these stories. But he'd be telling a story and then he'd be like, oh, you must know about that, right? With your Uncle Pablo? Yeah. Like stuff like that, right? Like, or, oh... You know, cocaine, like cocaine jokes, Uncle right. Pablo jokes. It'd be like, kind of again, looking at a white guy and, and just sort of, and he has a last name like, 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 like Smith or something Smith, or, yeah. or, Stein. <laughs> or, yeah, or, uh, Heidenberg or something. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, like your Uncle Hitler. Yes. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's exactly. How many Jews did you kill? Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You don't, you know, if you're, hey, uh, Shlomo, stay, <laughs> stay away from Heidelberg over yes. here. He's, he's going to gas you. you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's that bad. Now, what people will say is that have never been through this, they'll be like, hey, that's just a little bit of making fun of this. Which is, is what I thought. Yeah. But, and, and, and in fact, it was other people that pointed out, in fact, some of my Asian friends that pointed out to me is like, that's not okay. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Because every class he would do this. So it like it was after the fact that I realized, wow, that was really bully behavior. Well, not only that, but even if they hadn't, you know, even if because most ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time that someone does one of these things that we call microaggressions mm-hmm. or even macroaggressions, 
I laugh it off because I don't want to cause a scene. I right. just I just want to get through my day. I don't want to confront every bullshit thing I see. So the vast majority of these things, I just like, oh, you know, it's innocent. Ah, uh, you know, he just he's ignorant. Oh, he's old. Or oh, these are rural people in Canada. I'm not going to say anything to right. them. But you take a fucking lifetime of this, yeah. and especially if you're a Chinese immigrant sure. with an accent. Right. Or a black person who lives in America, you know, like you deal with this every day right. and you let it go and you say, it's fine. I just want to get to work. Right. I just want to buy my fucking burrito and I'm going to smile right. and I'm going to look on the bright side. And you do this over and over again. I go to people's homes and they have Asian art, white people, they'll have Asian art in right. their place. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you have no idea what that Chinese character says. I'm pretty sure you just, you know, like... Well, but people have art all the time that has, they have literal understanding of or, you know... Like, have, having a picture of, uh, you know... A abstract painting of a sailboat in this in the sound is much safer in terms of like cultural. Yeah, but no one would know what its significance is or whatever. To have a person with the last name of Roosevelt in you know someone that I know or some you know who has something of Japanese in their house, and they haven't proven to me that they understand that someone in their fucking family imprisoned my family members. Ah, I see. Do you know? It's like, and you're just going to fucking have a Japanese, like, trinket in your house, and... And you and and you think that's okay? You know what I mean? It's like again to me, but, it's like right. you're a Jewish person and you see, um, you know, someone with Nazi heritage walking around with like uh, I don't know some some Jewish prayer shawl draped over a lamp. You know what I mean? It 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 can get that weird, man. I've seen. Yeah. I've I just seen, don't think that there's any cultural knowledge that you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, true. And uh, when I see stuff like that, oh, and I never say anything. Yeah. But you, Buddhist stuff, Shinto, these are religions. But then, wouldn't it? Shouldn't it make it upset if you go to another country and see American stuff? Yes. But that doesn't work because like MTV's because you don't care because if you if you are mainstream. You know, like I, this is a thing. Like I, when I, and I guess to some extent to you, unless you've been through it, you'll probably never understand mm. the death by a thousand cuts that this is like. Again, every incident is is minor, but, but it's you, who who is at fault is the question. The, the who right? So I'm going to get to that yeah. in a second. I'm not saying that this girl right. with the dress is right. supposed to be attacked. Right. I'm just saying I understand why. You understand where that anger or frustration right. comes. Right. From. People have tattoos yeah. with with like sacred things. People look to China and Tibet. And they hang prayer flags as if, and they drive around in their fucking hundred thousand dollar car, and they don't donate to the cause of Tibet or anything, and they contribute to the Chinese, uh, the, uh, you know, economy, which is in turn is oppressing. You know, like they don't give a fuck, and they'll have like a Tibetan flag in their house 
as if they understand what the fuck because they're like, ooh, I like Buddhism because it seems nice to them. It's like you don't understand Buddhism, my friend. There's two. There's like two and a half billion Buddhists on the planet. It, there's yeah, but, so- but Buddhism has no claim on anything. There is no special religious significance to any of it. Meaning, if you're not it, it's irrelevant. It's only ma- it only matters to someone who believes, right? So it's like someone getting upset if someone has like if yeah. someone let's say someone goes to watch the Book of Mormon in another country or this country, whatever, and a Mormon person gets super upset that they're de- defacing their their faith. It's like, well, that's your faith. We don't believe in it. Well, I, I would. Well, I haven't seen Book of Mormon, and I know Mormons who have seen Book of Mormon and have really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't trash it or anything, right? Just, so, I so tonally, I think they must, they must. But they, the creators are not Mormon, right? And it's being shown and enjoyed by but, tons of people that are. But not tonally, Mormon. they must. I'm guessing at least they they have empathy. You know, again, if yeah. someone had some, if someone right. had a Buddhist thing in their house, With, and I walk into the house and they're like, "Oh, you're Japanese." I, you know, I have this little Buddhist trinket. I have no idea what it means. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, you know, like, thank you for saying something along those lines. Okay. You know, it, a similar thing is actually Japan does this. They, uh, they fetishize Christianity. Yeah. And now people in America be like, well, I don't care if people in Japan. Well, of course you don't care because this was just one example that I'm going to tell you of something that I experience. You know, I, 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 uh, numerically on a weekly basis since I was born. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like Japanese people, the last I heard, and they're always, you know, it's, Japan is a very strange country, very odd, like kitschy um, behavior that goes on. But one of the things that they do that I heard is that they have weddings in Christian style. Mm. So even though they're not Christian, right, right. I mean, there are many Christians, but they Japanese like that. People, that- the order of operations. Yeah, because they've seen it in a movie or something. <laughs> right. And so, and they're not super religious Japanese people. Right. So they, I mean, sometimes they have, so they, sometimes they go full Shinto, but, um, and full Buddhist, but, but sometimes they're just like, ah, and they have chapels that if you walked into it, you'd be like, this is what a foreigner, this is how a foreigner would devise a chapel a Christian chapel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're like, this, nothing yeah, they looks... they don't get everything quite right. Everything <laughs> looks wrong. Right. You know what I mean? But to them, it looks authentic, right? And they'll even have like priests... Like, they have an anime Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it just looks it just looks weird. But to them, you know, it's like, a, it's basically a theme park. Yeah. So now, to an American, they're like, well, I don't care. I don't care. But again, imagine if that was just... If you lived in that country... And everyone in that country basically looked at you as a substandard human, or at least a yeah. percentage. And then they take your culture and just fuck with it because they think it's funny or fun to do. Yeah. Like, ooh, Buddhist, that's fun. I think I'll, I think I'll just dabble in Buddhism. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the extreme of that is the you printed a picture of this prophet. I believe in. I'm going to murder you and no, your family. No, right? no, no, no. That's not an. That's not an. That's a whole other. No, no, because because they scenario. They feel that there is this this uh, fundamentalist sect. No, I'm not. That I'm saying that you. I'm cannot... saying these are these are little hurts. Yeah. I, this has nothing to do with aggression. I want to be clear. Okay. This has to do with pain. Sure. I have. You've experienced 
We've bo- everyone has experienced right. just pain. This has nothing to do with aggression. This has nothing to do with fucking Twitter. This has nothing to do with Donald right. Trump or political correctness or anything. It's just tiny, tiny that little adds cuts. adds up to like this. Being called a Chinaman, being called right. a gook, locking my family in a prison. Right, right. People thinking that I'm irrelevant, that I'm a foreigner. I don't, I don't, I'm not a real American. Do you know how many times the Republicans have said uh, an example of a real American? Right. And I am not included in, you're not included in that. Right. You know, totally. there, uh, Joe Plummer is included in that, <laughs> even though his grandparents came from Germany. Right. And he doesn't understand the Constitution as well as I understand it. Right. You know what I mean? And I had, Relatives who fought in every major war. I mean, even the War of 1812, for crying out loud, I have relatives who fought in it. Do you know what I mean? And these are not great wars. These are, you know, not fantastic. You know, these are, these are questionable, you know, things. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, it's uh, like me. Uh, so take, take the Catholic religion. You, you know, all of Latin America pretty much is, is quite Catholic. Um, yeah. But it's an interesting thing because that's the religion that was brought down that annihilated all the natives. Right. Or it was it was essentially the the power that, you know, the the Spanish empire at the top of the pyramid were the king and queen and right next to them were the the top of the church, right? In fact, they were uh they were considered sort of divine. They were considered sort of divine. Anyways, so nowadays, though, if you like disrespect, you know, Catholicism, like that's a big problem. That's a big no-no, right? Because it's um, so. Ironically, I'm most of my background is actually Iberian, like Spanish. Uh-huh. I don't identify with that, right. right? Even though I have very little, like I did one of those tests, the DNA things, and I was quite surprised to find out that I'm mostly from the Iberian Peninsula. What my per- ancestors? What, what percentage? Are. It's like ninety-eight percent or something. <laughs> What's the other two? Random other things like I don't even. Do you, you don't have any native. You don't have I any. I don't know if I do. Yeah. Well, everyone has like a little bit it's, of like. Must be a little bit. Well, everyone has a little Neanderthal, so probably. But but the the point is, I don't identify with that. Or I'm sorry, you know? many people have a little have a lot of like right. a little bit of like I, I think identify I more with the, I identify more with like the sadness of tons of cultures throughout history getting decimated by more advanced cultures. At the same time, there's this hardship of, or this hard realization of, well, yet somehow we got to where we are today and now we got to sort of like all coexist. So I have both experienced some of that, but also felt like some guilt of like, wow, my ancestors like really brutally exterminated a lot of people. Right. And yet it was at a time where that was sort of like what you did. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it makes sense that you would want to distance your identity, even though you had no idea. Right. But you just invented a story, or your family invented. Or a I, story. I didn't. I, it's not like we ever even talked about this. It's just. But in your mentally, head. But in your head, you're right. like, I'm certainly not Spanish. <laughs> I, I'm surely not one of the most egregious colonization, genocidal right. acts that has ever been imparted right. on this planet. Certainly not. Certainly not my ancestors. Not. Maybe you know. One sixty fourth, yeah, but not like more. Than oh, I, I was, I was obviously sure that there was some Spanish there because it's like clearly, but yeah. So, so, so there's that, and then at the flip side of it is, um, traditionally, I did not realize that racism was a thing until I was in my twenties. Like, I didn't actually know that. As growing up in Colombia, like 
I wasn't taught. I didn't know about slavery. I didn't know about any of that stuff. And we only, we had no black people in my school at all. We had one Asian person and he did get teased mercilessly. But I didn't think of that as racism for some reason. I, 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 he was my friend, but I didn't, I just thought, oh, he's getting bullied because like different people got bullied. So I thought, oh, he's unfortunately getting bullied, right? In my head, it wasn't like, wow, that's racism, you know? Well, because you just think that's just the way that it is. Because the weak get bullied, right? That, that The weak get bullied. And in this case, he was weak because he was a minority. Right. And there were others that were weak for whatever reasons. And right. so the weak get bullied. And I thought, and I don't mean like ultimately weak. I mean, in the context of, of the moment, if they don't have the power, they get, they get bullied by bullies. And that was what happened. And so I was like, oh, man, that sucks. I remember having conversations with my, some of my girl friends about the show 21 Jump Street. And I was like, oh, who do you like and stuff? And they're like, oh, Johnny Depp. Blah, blah. I was like, what about Dustin Gwen? I don't know how to say it, but like the, the Asian guy, right? And they're like, oh, gross. <laughs> right. And I, I actually didn't understand what they meant. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? And, but they actually had this visceral reaction because they don't... Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, uh, the Asian guy on 21 Jump Street is a, a, a very attractive... Very attractive guy. Yeah. They, they didn't pick him for that show on accident. It wasn't like, oh, we should grab an ugly Asian guy. <laughs> right. No, no. They grabbed sort of like a, a colorful cast of very good-looking people. <laughs> right. Like the girl was black. Right. Then they, you know, they had like very attractive people in each category. Right. They had sort of like the big fat guy who wasn't fat at all, but just a slightly bigger version of, of jo- uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> right. And well, and then they wanted a tough guy, so they got Greco. And then got Greco, yeah. But, but anyways, that's, that's the extent. And then later when I was in my 20s, I visited Florida and I was talking with some friends that were visiting from Colombia. And one of their friends was a manager at a local fast food place. And all of a sudden he starts talking about all those N-word people that he works with. And he's just totally going off on this racist rant. Mm. And I'm like, I, I was like, do you not realize that in this country we are minorities? Like, we get discriminated against? Like, And of course he didn't because he lived in Florida. And I guess in that little cultural pocket, he was not a minority. Well, and it's not as if Asians and Latino people, Latinx people, aren't... Uh, racist no in fact that's when i learned oh, my, my wow. grandma who died last year at 101 i hate to admit this but had uh, she didn't uh, i only knew of one incident that basically illuminated that she was afraid of black people yeah and yeah when i when i learned that i was shocked right. i'm like i'm like grandma you're Japanese, like yeah. you're you're on our team. Connect the dots. Yeah, like yeah. you can't yeah. do that, you know. So that was my shock too, because I had been. What happened is I I left at fifteen, before I was exposed to more realities of the world, and when I started in Lakewood, my school had a ton of black people. So all of a sudden, uh. this was not a like oh, there's that one black. No, it's like. It's like, wow, there's, t- there's a lot of black people. And so in my head, I never actually went through a phase where my little pocket, we got to be discriminatory. Not only that, I feel like it would have been mentally impossible for me to ever think that way because my dad didn't teach me that way. Yeah. And because I lived in New York City when I was really little. Yeah, and I, all these my, other my family was the same. I, when I bumped into uh, anti-Semitism, 
I don't remember when it was, but it was later in life. And I remember just being completely confused. Baffled. Yeah, I'm like, people don't like Jewish people? Why don't they like Jewish people? What's wrong with Jewish people? And actually, now that you mention it, that is something my dad is and or was fairly anti-Semitic. And I didn't get it because as a kid, sometimes he would rail against a Jewish person. And I was so confused. Yeah. Like, yeah, to me, I, yeah, to me, I remember, I, 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 you know, I hate to say this, but I think I was an adult, you know, when I first even... I mean, yeah, you see it in movies and stuff, but that I that I learned that actual Americans still hated Jewish people. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about World War II, let alone the Holocaust, any of that stuff growing up in Colombia. Like, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. So when I watched a movie on TV that was about World War II, I barely understood the context. The context. Yeah, I, I, I remember thinking when when I heard about uh, you know people hating Jewish people, I was like, so wait. People can just pick a random group and hate them. Like it, yeah. it felt like, like so you can just pick like people who you know grow sideburns and like <laughs> like you're gonna hate. Like why Jewish people? What's like right. there to me? Because I had Jewish friends growing up. To me, there was no distinguishable difference between right. You know now, of course, to my Jewish friends, I'm sure they were walking around going, well. You know, all the Christmas and all the Easter. Uh, anyway, I yeah. want to take a break. When we get back, I want to, I want to bring my, my big point to this whole thing. Point. All right, we're back from the break. And as always, we harangue people to become patrons of the podcast. So if you haven't done that yet, uh, just insert guilt trip number five. Guilt trip. <laughs> number, number five. Guilt trip number five. <laughs> so my big point here is that you have death by a thousand cuts yeah. from day one. And particularly, at, I think, for older Asians, adult Asians, or, and Asians that grew up in primarily non-Asian communities, you, you just... It just you know, just an onslaught. You know, in the seventies and eighties, it was much worse than it is now. Sure, but it it just goes on and on and on. And then you're sitting at home, you've had a bad day at work, you're stressed out. You go on Twitter to to see if there's something that will brighten your day, which I don't understand why anyone would do that, but a lot of people do. And you see this clearly non Asian girl in the in the heartland of America in Utah wearing a blatantly Chinese dress mm -hmm. and seemingly doesn't have any idea what she's wearing and she's just wearing it because she she likes the way that it looks. And it's just one of tens of thousands of incidents and probably a minor one at that. But it just it's just like, ugh, like again, but wait. Yeah, sorry. So you get hurt and you you and you're at home and you're not in the world and this isn't someone at the store asking you if you speak chinese when you're vietnamese or asking you if you know kung fu or making a joke about north korea or kim jong il or you know it, this isn't you're not you don't have to face these people this is someone on the internet and for once you can actually say something and not really incur some kind of consequence. You can say, I don't like this. Yeah. 
uh, you know, for the first time in your life, you get an, 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 a chance to say something and it's, and you say something, but you, you know, you just, you don't, but here's the thing is most people don't sit around thinking and reading and lecturing about this topic the way that I do. And so they don't even necessarily understand why they don't like this girl wearing this dress. They, they just get a feeling and they're, and they, they're, they don't even necessarily know they're hurt. They're just, they just know they're angry. And so they lash out on Twitter and they make a comment and, and, and it come and it, and then it's perceived from the outside. That's all they see. They don't see all the times that they were nice. They don't see all the times they incurred some kind of bullshit response. They don't see all the times they were called a, a racist name and smiled and just sort of, you know. I mean, I've been. I would venture to say, ninety nine percent of the time, I've been called a racist name to my face. I just smiled and said, "Oh my god, I hope I live through this interaction because I don't know what else this person is going to do." Very rarely have I actually struck back with something because yeah. it's just like you just don't know what people are going to do. So, so that's what I see is like these my fellow brothers and sisters, Asian Americans, you know, are lashing out at something that comes from a justifiable place, but they don't know how to explain it, you know? And, and it comes across like crazy talk because well, it yeah. kind of is. And, and I actually, I think of it a little bit as, as a bully. So you could, so let's take a bully all of a sudden hits a kid, sends him to the hospital. And you're like, that's terrible. That kid was doing nothing to you. It's like, well, the kid was, you know, doing, you know, he was eating a red lollipop. I hate that. It's like, well, okay, that's nothing. It's like, no, you don't get it. Let me tell you my whole story. My dad beats me. He's beat me for 10 years mm-hmm. and he beats me. And whenever I had a red lollipop, he would beat me out of my face. And well, that's super sad. And that explains your story. And we, let's see how we can deal with you. Still doesn't excuse you hitting that poor kid. Yes. In a sense. So um, she's done nothing wrong, really. Well, Yes, but so here's my advice to both sides to people like her or really just everyone, everyone, I suppose, but particularly if you come from one of the more privileged classes Mm -hmm. um, and you don't understand cultural appropriation very well, you know? So here's my advice to you is just Think about what you're doing a, just a little bit longer. It's not about being PC. It's about having empathy for other people. Do you want to be the straw that breaks someone else's back? Do you want to be that that final sort of prick in their side that is just another example of, you know, shall we say, slight insensitivity? Just just think a little bit harder, you know, like if this girl came to me and said, I'm thinking about wearing this dress, what do you think? I'd be like, ooh, you know, it's a Chinese, looks like a Chinese dress. Are you Chinese? No, but I just think it looks great. And I'd be like, so um, I wonder how people would feel about you doing that. I just, I don't know. Because in my head, because I wouldn't have predicted that anyone would have cared, honestly. Yeah. Just like no one cares if a Chinese girl wears a traditionally Western dress. Well, I don't know. Maybe someone does. Well, but the, the, po- the people that do are in the wrong. 
It's not about right and wrong, Birdo. It's about empathy. It's about empathy. Well, yeah, there, there. I, I do think we need more empathy, but okay. But there, there is legal right and wrong, and in this case, no, no laws were broken. Of course, but laws can be broken. Someone can make fun of my name. Someone can call me Chinaman. Right, but let's say let's say someone crossed the, a line, right? Like it's it, 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 okay. Let me take a different tact. Um, we don't know her story. What if she's an advocate for Chinese studies? What if she's like we don't know any of that, right? Well, we've learned it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean that's an accident, right? Like it's like you were right for the wrong reasons. Well, I, it's, I, it's not right or wrong, Berto. It's not right or wrong that people attacking her are not right. Well, what I mean is your assumptions happened to be correct that she's not Asian and blah blah blah, but you didn't know that. I don't mean you, like the people attack. Not only that, you could take a totally different tact, which is, oh, I see, because this tweet was from a male. Your patriarchal rules are being trouble, blah, blah, blah. Do you like the, the angle I would have taken with my outrage would have been more along the lines of like that dress symbolizes all the oppression on women that China has exerted all the way to this day okay. with binding of the feet and all these kinds of things. Would you really and say that, though? I wouldn't, but I would see someone. I would actually have more empathy for someone coming at it from that perspective. Still not directed at her, but as an opportunity to maybe sure, educate her. I'm sure that'd go over well, but but well, as an opportunity whatever. to educate her. Okay, right. But the point is, is you're in a mode of right and wrong and outrage, and I'm I'm saying I discard that whole thing as like wrongheaded from every. I, I never make any friends. Everyone who talks about this case, I believe, is coming at it from the wrong angle. Let me explain. Okay. Is that people don't take the whole context into consideration, including the people who are wearing the Chinese dress. Everyone is essentially innocent and trying their best. But when people ask me if I have a sponsor, when someone gets upset and calls me a Chinaman because they're afraid and they're freaking out, essentially— or they've been taught that it's okay to say this thing. Like, everyone's innocent and trying their best. There's no right or wrong. Everyone's trying. And it's just a matter of everyone taking a step back and trying to see the bigger picture. So to the privileged people... Now, this is probably not the best example, but like other examples like that are more overt cultural appropriation, for example having Tibetan prayer flags in your house or at your university without really understanding why you're doing that um, or getting some permission or advertising that permission or, or better yet, um, wearing a Native American. You're a white person who doesn't really understand the plight of Native Americans, and you have some kind of Native American sacred potentially sacred artwork in your house or or adorning your ear or something you know like it's not a matter of being pc it's a matter of just like i wonder how someone else is going to take this but there's a very big difference about encouraging all of us to have those conversations these people thrust an 18 year old into a very public and potentially damaging limelight and that is wrong and right. it's potentially something that someone might sue over right like that's that's a big they right. cross so, a huge line there. So I, that's not a but, Berto. That's an and. Yeah. So it doesn't negate what I said. Well, but you were and you were saying 
I haven't like, gotten to the rest. Right I haven't wrong. gotten to the right. I haven't gotten to the rest of okay. what I'm saying. It doesn't negate anything I just said. What you said. But you said that there's. We, it's not right and wrong. I say. I say there are some rights and wrongs. Like that. That's one difference. Well, like I do think there are some things that are right. It's and wrong are right. to not try to have empathy for other human beings. Agreed. So to the marginalized and the people who have been harmed, just tr- one. When you have an opportunity to say something, think about how you're going to come across. <laughs> like, it, you know, attacking this girl, I don't know where people are coming from, but there are actual racist things that are happening in this country right. that are indefensible and not nuanced, <laughs> and no one will accuse you of being a snowflake if you attack it. Right. So, uh, and I understand that those things are hard to attack and they're scary, but um, try not to unleash all of your anger into these, you know, the same thing happened at Evergreen State College when these students attacked these professors who were essentially on their side. I mean, you could make arguments that they weren't, but when you're upset, just try to think about where you're directing that. Um, you're upset for a good reason in all likelihood. You have things to say, but if we're, tr- if we're going to move our society forward with the particular topic of cultural appropriation, uh, most people do not understand that concept at all. Right. They don't understand. They have no idea what cultural appropriation is. They can't empathize with it. And especially, it's actually, I will. Say, I'll go further. It's been sold as a very positive thing because for the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years, there's this message of we want to bring American culture to the world because we think that'll increase democracy and it'll increase, it'll decrease, uh, you know, a lot of problems. So there's this thought of like bring them, bring our culture. Of course, appropriate our culture, drink our drinks, wear our clothes, listen to our music, stop doing the things that we think are bad, right? right. And that's been actually sold as a positive. And it can be. And there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with, uh, there's it, there's nothing inherently wrong with appropriating someone's culture, actually. It it has more to do, because that's more pro, that's more rules and PC stuff, it has everything to do with empathy. Um, when when I see someone, for me, uh, wear a kamikaze headband, for example, and go, I'm a kamikaze. Like, go ahead, make fun of kamikaze. These were imperial invaders who raped and killed a bunch. You know, right. if you want to make fun of a Nazi person, you want to make fun of an imperial soldier in Japan, like go for it. Like right. I, I don't, I don't have any empathy for those, those of my people appropriate away. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. You, a white, uh, blonde girl wearing a native American, uh, sacred thing who has, who has no native in her and doesn't really understand. And a native person who has just been, you know, generations and generations of of actual white people coming to their community and taking their children away to erase their culture, right. to erase their language, and to see just yet another white person wearing a 
a sacred um, artifact that is meant for church or, or whatever, I don't even know the words, you know, that's that's where the empathy comes in. I'm just like, I wonder how this person takes this. And so to the marginalized, when you see something, think about how it's going to come across. And, you know, if you felt like saying something to this girl, maybe say something like, look, I know you didn't mean any harm, (laughs) but when I see you wearing this dress, it just kind of reminds me of a lot of the things that have happened to me in my life. And like as a private message. Yeah, private message. I'm not blaming you. I'm just, I'm I'm sure you're a nice person, but... I, I'm just I'm just letting you know that when I saw that on Twitter, it just sort of reminded me of every time a non-Asian American called me a gook or a Chinaman or appropriated my culture in, in all these other ways. And, uh, you know, no offense to you, you know, but I just want you to know that that's how it affected me or something, you know. Um, or you want to do it publicly and say, I'm not blaming this girl. I'm sure she's a nice person, but I just want to say, this just feels like another example of cultural appropriation. And let me list the more egregious um, things, you know, like, like, you know, ding, 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 ding. And, you know, so, but to me, this is a tall order because it basically requires everyone on both ends of the spectrum to really understand a pretty complicated concept called cultural appropriation and racism and colonialism and um, what it feels like to, to be on the receiving end of colonialism and all, you know, like it, it it's a pretty complicated idea that I'm guessing isn't going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Do you think it's possible? I think there is, there is a possibility that, uh, the message of thinking and reacting on a more one-on-one, more personal level to things, obviously not violently, you know, just, um, I feel like that could have some traction. The And maybe coupled along with like learning how to triage the problems so that you don't, not everything is of equal volume, you know? Totally. Everything's not have to be at an 11. Right. Right, exactly, and the response to the eleven doesn't, doesn't have to be an eleven. I, I agree. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that's that's fair, and that is something like that. When you pointed that out, that's like, oh yeah, that's a good point. We don't know if we're actually reacting appropriately here, because this may be purposely made to make us react in this way. And or <laughs> there were, you know, out of a a billion Twitter users, yes. there were like a hundred weirdos. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Because me, as an Asian American on Twitter, I didn't do anything, and it wouldn't, and I wouldn't have. And when I did see it, I was like, come on, Asian brother, like, lay off the gas a little bit. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and even, like, because I said, you know, there's 100,000 likes, but a like is very different from an action in a, you know, in a, in a sense. But it does say something. I mean, when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, that, that does constitute at least... Yeah, right. Passive it, it, support. Totally. Absolutely. But it definitely is like people are very free with their likes, you oh, know? Right, yeah. Like I, even just with on my little circle, there are people that fundamentally disagree with me on a lot of stuff that I'll still see them put likes on th- things that I, <laughs> you know, like, so it, it, I'm just saying. Just I, general support. One like isn't necessarily, we've started a movement. <laughs> yeah, having said that, it doesn't surprise me, you yeah. know, that, yeah. that. Again, many Asian Americans are walking around death by a thousand by ten thousand cuts, and 
and when they saw this, they took a chance to unleash, and it felt good in the moment, I'm guessing, and it felt right in the moment, and then later on, I hope they figured that they might have jumped the gun a little bit. Having said that, I also will say that there is a cultural group of people who consider this kind of attack to actually be okay. They're, um, I don't know how to describe them exactly other than to say like uh, kind of extreme liberals or something who have basically yeah. decided in their echo chamber that it's justified to to go on the attack on situations right. like this and and you know fuck them i don't have any sympathy for that for that bitch for wearing right. she should have you know she needs to stick to her own kind that's just you know like an 18 year old's an adult it's no excuses right and and i've and and when i hear that kind of attitude it shocks me because i'm yeah. like i thought you were on my team and and you're not on my team right. you're on some other team like yeah. Like you consider it okay, and often what I find when I actually get to know people in that group is they have been extremely bullied in their life or or abused. Like they're they're basically um, acting out a version of the abuse that they went through. Mm -hmm. They're and they're looking for so called justifiable targets to um, you know act out a relationship that they internalize when they're younger. So going on to another email here is... That was one email? (laughs) (laughs) That's related. And this, I guess, will be shorter. Was that I was talking about... uh, You and I were talking about how every group can be racist. You know? Right. Like I was talking about my Japanese-American grandmother who was racist against black people. I want to honor her memory by saying the story that gives me this reason because it's pretty innocent. Okay. She was 90 years old at the time. And she, uh, my aunt who was her primary caregiver, uh, they pull up at a Seven Eleven, and, uh, my aunt gets out of the car, leaves my grandma in the car. Mm-hmm. Aunt goes into the store, you know, is in there for a while, comes back out and gets into the car and, uh, looks over at my grandma in the passenger seat and sees that she seems upset about something. And so my aunt says, uh, Mom, yeah. w- what's, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, don't look now. I locked the door, but there's a black man uh, staring at me to the right. And I just need you to be very careful because there's a black man there. I can't remember the exact right, right, verbiage, right. you know. And my aunt's like, huh? And she looks out the window, and it's a video store, and it has a cutout of Denzel Washington. Oh, my God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like the best story ever. So it's a cutout so, of the most, like, friendliest <laughs> guy. Oh my well, God. now, maybe it was, like, you know, Life of Eli or sure, Book, of, Book, like Book of Eli. But... So and you know and he's staring he's at staring her. at her and and she saw him out of the corner of her eye maybe oh. her eyesight wasn't going so but you know uh, now I don't even know if that's a racist thing exactly it could uh, have been a white per- could have been like you know, uh, you the know. rock or yeah something, or something which I guess he's still he's, well he's is he Pacific Islander yeah, yeah. Um, but 
but it it I remember so the story was told to me with like a like well you know grandma with black people or something, and now that's the only story I have. Right. You know she never said anything bad. Right. She you know as far as I know she never. You know, she was a very nice person, and she, you know, never would have did anything to uh, black people. But that, in fact, you know, maybe I'm just making up a story that she was racist. But anyway, um, anyway, my point was is we made it an episode. We talked about how anyone can be racist. Yeah. But I mean, you're, the reason you brought it up is because like, and I, I met her like just like the sweetest person ever, right? And and yes, you, you would never imagine, but. But there might have been some bias there. There might right. have been some yeah. bias, exactly. Yeah. Uh, stereotyping, yeah. For for me to imagine my Asian, my Japanese American grandmother having a slight bias that African Americans are more prone to criminality right. than non African Americans is not a, a long shot. Right. You know, it's not a shocker right. that someone in our society would have the idea that's been programmed into yes. us that black people are criminals. Right. You know what I mean? So, so I was talking about how um, any, everyone's racist. Everyone has categorizations and stereotypes and biases about, about all groups, whether that's gender related or sexuality related or well, except Colombians. We don't have any negative thoughts. We are the <laughs> superior people. <laughs> um, but what this person wrote me and they said that you can't a marginalized group cannot be racist. Have you heard this? Have you yeah, heard I've it? heard of that too. Well, what what's the argument that they make? It, well, because like you you are in a very discriminated and historically oppressed category, so you're not in a power position, and you right. need to be in a power position in order to really be racist. Right. Exactly. So that and and I've heard this before, right. so it's not like it's foreign to me. And but I've processed it in my mind and talked it out with other people and read literature on what on the definition of racism right. and really um, what I call that is institutionalized racism or or glo- or more global racism or or the macro racism you know the idea yeah. that so the you know the premise that I'm the thesis I have is that and it's not my thesis it's a thesis that anyone who knows anything about racism has which is that. Everyone has bias and can be prejudiced, but institutions and history and societies can be a, a lot more racist towards other groups than than other groups. Do you know what institutions. I mean? Institutions, institutions, and societies. You know, yeah. like we have a society. So, right. institution of policing, or right, institution right. of government, or institution of because it's easier for uh, a non entity like a like how corporations. It's easier for a corporation to take very unethical actions even though you have humans working for the corporations yeah. not only that but more that when you add up the effects of not only a lot of people but also uh policies that are on the books you know you, you can have a policy of um not considering race before you pull a trigger for example and that essentially is right. institutionalized racism because it doesn't account for the high likelihood that you're mostly white uh, and even black, even black cops uh, have been known to, you know, pull the trigger yeah. against other black people yeah. more. So to, to say that to, to not even talk about race is, as, is, is an, an example of institutionalized racism. And again, you have that power. It's right. a, it, and the, the oppressed can't 
fight back. They can't say like, please change your policies right. and no one's going to do anything about that. So, so it depends on your definition of racism. And I use the common definition of racism, which is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race. It's, it's that simple. And it, it doesn't have anything. To, there's nothing in there that says as long as you have power, you know? Well, yeah, not, not only that, like, I have a feeling, maybe I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that that the folks on this side of the camp would probably, like, let's say you have a poor, fairly dispossessed, white, southern person, and they say some really racist stuff against a black person. I don't imagine that this, this uh, the folks that share this opinion would say, well, that's okay, they're not being racist because they don't really have power. Right, they would say, no, no, they have power because of their race. Right, and even though you'd say, like, they have very little power today. Yeah, and not only that, but you'd say, so, like, because yeah, we could define something called whatever you want to call it, and say, okay, how likely is this person to have the power necessary to influence laws and you know policies of the city and the state and the things? Then you could call that person a more influential racist or whatever label you wanted. Totally. But that's very different from... It is. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I get the whole thing because... And I've been... I, I've had so many conversations with people along these lines and, and heard so many and read so much literature on this. And here's where it comes from, is when... In, and today, but I think more in the past, when black people would say, you know... White people are racist. You know, you, white people, please understand that to be a black man in America, there's a lot of ra- – I incur a lot of racism. I, I experience a, a, a really a shit ton of racist right. acts that, are, that just really hurt my feelings that I wish didn't happen. And then certain white people would come back and say, well, I've been discriminated against too. It happens to everybody. Right. You know, right. like I've had black people – you know, I – I went to a, um, you know, a class once and I was like the only white person and they made jokes about white people. Right. And so, you know, it happens to all of us. Even Stevens. Yeah, even Steven, right? Okay. And so what people started to develop was this, this shortcut rebuttal, which is that only the marginalized can claim that they are victims of racism. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a bad shortcut. It and is. when you, when you make a shortcut like that, it negates your entire fucking argument. Yep. Because uh, I don't know if you've seen those clips of, oh man, it's a famous, famous black person who was fairly influential. But anyways, he was talking, this is probably a clip from like the seventies or something, maybe sixties. And he's talking on, on TV and he's explaining his position, I think it's to William F. Buckley or something, and he's saying like, "No, I agree with." He was agreeing with a white supremacist. It's like I agree with that person. Whites should stick to whites. Blacks should stick to whites. I don't want my black sisters marrying a white person. You know, like he, he was very much like that. Now he was now, so you could sort of understand the context he's coming from, which is, ha ha ha, you murdered my people for long enough. Blah blah blah. I want nothing to do with your people. Right. 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 But surprisingly, because I disagree with most of his positions, William F. Buckley Jr., whatever his full name is, he was actually disagreeing. Like, that's not the right approach. <laughs> you, right. You, you can't just fight. In this case, fighting fire with fire leads to dis- dissolution of society. You know, and, that, and that's kind of the point is like if each, if each sect entrenches and doesn't want to play nice with all the others, 
even if the reason is because they were really hurt in the past, then you end up with a worse world. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a little bit of a different topic, though. Well, that's what I'm saying is that that's the the extreme. Like, because someone, because I have definitely heard people come out in defense of that position. Like, well, you know, he's got a point because the, the you know whites kept you know slavery was so horrible and stuff. Like, he's got a point, and I'm like, no, no, that's not a good point. Yeah, that that's a general policy of yours, which you're consistent about, which I'll commend you for. Um, I, I I think it's hard to know, like. If I was a black person who grew up, you know, in the 60s and and was going through that um and I was just sort of fed up with the whole thing. Right. I can I can imagine myself at least thinking, yeah, you know what? I don't want my black daughters marrying any of you folk either. Right. right. So, you know, cuz I don't want to deal with your bullshit <laughs> anymore, right. you know. So, and, I agree. Let's keep it separate, you know. Like right. I I could I could just imagine now is that a would is that a good result? Is that like the solution? Because right. this, you know, where the solution else is, is to get rid of the white supremacy, and then we don't have to have right. a reactionary like response to that. Another example of where this this leads, and I know it's a slippery slope argument, so it's it's not fully valid. But there's a UFC fighter who's really good, and uh, he's black, and he was talking about another. And uh, before I get hate mail, I want to say that uh, I can. It, the 60s, you know, racism was worse back then, but it's not like it's gone away now. Right. So totally. I don't want to imply that totally. r- racism is gone. Yeah, you, you know just don't I mean? have daily public lynchings and daily, right. like, you know, et cetera. But anyways, uh, the, this person is from the States, and he's black, and he's a UFC fighter. And he was talking about another UFC fighter who's from Africa. From uh, I forget the country he's from, but he's, he's from Africa, and he's also black. And he was he sounded fairly serious when he was saying, Look, I have I have no love for this person because I mean I, I'll tell you how far back this goes. His people sold my my people into slavery. Oh. And so like there's this thing about like, well, so now this this group of of, of black people hate that group. And then this group of dispossessed people hate that. And then everyone starts hating everyone because of history. And so that's what's happening in Israel and, and Palestine right now, right? Yeah. It's like, well, they started it because they moved. Yeah, but then you did. But then you, and it's hate and hate. And it's like, well, yeah. 2,000 years ago. Well, 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And and I so I do like your angle about empathy. And it's like, if we could somehow like mentally erase. Like, and, and I know right, it's Right, right. So, but, well, well, yeah. so it's, yeah. it, it, a Ma- Pal- Palestine and and yeah. the, in, and Jewish people who live in Israel or people who live in Israel, whatever yeah. we want to call it. I mean, sometimes I wonder: Are there some people who live in Israel not Jewish? I imagine there are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, you, you have the quote unquote occupiers yeah. and the quote unquote occupied. Yeah. And uh, imagine if, and there are people who do this, yeah. but imagine if it was much more. Where both sides just had empathy for each other, yeah, yeah. and we're just like, okay, what's your what's going on with you, yeah. and you know how how are you doing? Well, I, I feel like uh, my lands are being invaded, and your and your racist cops are gonna move, and you know militia are gonna move in around my town, and I'm gonna worry that my wife is gonna get hurt, and no one's gonna protect us. Yep. Um, okay. I get that. Let's see if we can fix that. You know what I mean? Instead of fuck you, 
uh, gun to the face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, butt to the face. And then you turn to some other means of like, fuck it. Yeah. I, I'm just going to get revenge because there's, there's nothing else to do, you know? And so, and of course, that's an oversimplification, but I... And I don't. I didn't invent empathy, right? You know, uh, and, it, and I'm not the only person talking about this, right. by the way. But the, but the reason I was connecting it, of course, is because if we all had the attitude of like, well, since I was wrong in the past, I'm going to stick to my little cultural pocket and make sure I don't interact and none of mine interact with any other cultural pocket. And in fact, at any chance, I will sort of try to get one over them. Like I think that leads to a very ugly world. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I would hope that we could fix the crux of the issue, so that there does so that the question and evaluation of people's reactionary responses yeah. doesn't even have to get asked. Right. Um, but again, to put a fine point on it, anyone can be racist. Right. Anyone can discriminate or have uh, unfair. Uh, anger or hostility or you know inflicted pain on another person based on race some of my best friends are racist <laughs> well that does it for that episode of psychology in seattle thanks for joining me Berta, did, did we get in another fight today you did Woo, i got some wounds <laughs> every you know every episode we have to have at least one one, <laughs> one scuffle one hot moment <laughs> hot um, so uh, i wonder if the listeners get uncomfortable with that I wonder if that's what makes it good. (laughs) (laughs) Please take care of yourself because... You deserve it. Oh, wait. Don't press stop yet. What? Apropos, uh, there was this uh, thing that just came out like yesterday or whatever. Uh, A lawyer in Manhattan is at some sort of like little food food joint, food uh, court. And the the video starts with him already kind of angrily speaking to, to the manager or someone that works there. Because his main complaint is that there was one of the employees was speaking in Spanish to one of the customers, and then someone else was also speaking in Spanish, and there was Spanish all around him. And this is America. They should be speaking English. <laughs> this is someone in Manhattan. This is someone in Manhattan. And this is the first time yes. this has happened to yes. them? <laughs> yes. And he's very angry. And he's like, da da da. And he's just like, you know what? And then the lady, you know, the, the ladies are starting to laugh at him and stuff. And then he's like, he's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to call ICE. And he starts like filming her. I'm calling ICE. I'm calling ICE on you. Right. And then that's his thing. And then eventually he leaves. He's super angry. Like he's looking like he's ready to get in a fight, whatever. Um, and everyone's just like laughing at him, thinking it's ridiculous. Well, then another surface, uh, another video surfaced of him. Uh, uh, I don't know how long ago, but it was a little while back. Um, he was w- walking. You, you know how you talked about your thing about people not getting out of people's ways? Uh. Well, imagine this. You're in a, one, a wide Manhattan street. And you and your girlfriend are walking in one direction close to each other. And there's plenty of... It's not in the morning when it's a rush. There's plenty of space. It's like the evening. Another person is coming in the other direction. They're not actually in front of you. They see you, make eye contact, and move into your lane. <laughs> and they don't just stop. They bump into you. Yeah. But you're actually a little bigger than them, so they, they get pushed back. <laughs> and they start yelling at you and insulting you. They start, they start saying, um, uh, where are you from? Like, 
So who was filming this time? Uh, the, the guy who got bumped into pulled out his phone and started filming. So this happens like the action's already gone. We didn't see the, mm. the but he described it, right? And so when, when the phone starts filming, the guy's like, where are you from? Like uh, uh, something like, um, he says like, you're ugly fucking foreigner, uh. right? Blah, blah, blah. Like uh, all these things. By the way, the guy was born in like uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. It, he's an American citizen. He's not at all ethnic looking. Yeah. I don't even know what the guy... So I think the guy's got some issues. Everyone's ethnic looking. You mean non-white looking. Oh, sorry. Is that not the right... Okay, sorry. Everyone's ethnic. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know the right terminology. So he's not white. Sorry, he is... Well, and maybe I'm being biased. He looks like a fairly average like, white person. Looks like a white person. There's nothing wrong with saying looks Anyways, like a white person. Anyways, I think the guy's got some issues. But he is like this lawyer in Manhattan. You know, he he looks a lot like Timothy Price in American Psycho, um, the guy from uh, Taken or uh, The Leftovers. Uh-huh. What's his uh, um, that actor's name? Uh, Aniston's husband. Yeah, yeah. He looks a lot like that guy. Yeah. And he's sitting there, and he loses his mind over these things. And he's like, and he's very much about like foreigners and America and blah blah blah. Yeah. So one, either he is actually mentally ill. You yeah. always have to right. totally account. There is a there are a lot of untreated mentally ill people walking around, right. meaning that he's delusional or con- very confused or brain injured or something, or you know, a drug addict who is coming down off crack or whatever. Um, or or two, he has fully ingested a uh, several year dose of uh, rhetoric and propaganda and because of the way the propaganda is propagandized he believes he's actually doing a good thing for society yeah could be i when i saw the first video i just thought he was just a ridiculous jerk so when I does saw the he, second video, I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's something wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever someone really latches on, but I, I but I have, I, I know of cases because I've been listening to podcasts that are starting to highlight the outrage in America, you know, yeah. and they're starting to talk to, you know, very uh, non-mentally ill, uh, very sound of mind who have just decided that they're just going to go on the attack. They're falling fed. down. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everyone is in there or there's a there's a growing number of people who believe they're in their own version of falling down. Yeah. Whether that's on the left or the right. Yeah. And and they have no sympathy for what they perceive to be the be the other side and they believe that any attack is justified and I think they believe that the attack will be applauded you know right. like look at me i'm Hero. doing i'm doing the good fight yeah and that's a scary thing because yep. as i say those words that's that's a shade away from you know the unabomber yeah, yeah. or any kind of suicide bomber you right. know it's like you've been convinced that it's heroic to yeah. a to attack and for the other side to be like... And that there's no other choice left. It's, you're out of options. Right. This is it. Yeah. Be- and that they deserve it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's scary. Well, on that wonderful note, uh, let's end. Woohoo!